0: Hi, welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fettis. Uh, this is an episode of what is either the new format or a mini series, depending on how many people I can get to participate. But uh, in case you didn't know, this is a podcast about filmographies, uh, about directors who have massive su- success early on and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes <laughs> those checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. And that is actually the theme of blank check. Uh, it is not the theme of, of this show, which is uh discussions about short-lived TV shows with the people who love them. And guys, I got a I got a good guest today. The way I'm saying that makes it sound like past guests maybe weren't. I don't intend that, but read into it what you will. Uh a, a multiple-time Fed Talks return guest a show favorite, uh, a top three Twitter follow, a top three Canadian. (laughs) Uh, uh, So, so many, just, uh, just a delightful person. Uh, Please welcome Haley.
1: Oh my goodness. Hello. I'm very excited to be a top three Canadian. (laughs) There's some stiff competition.
0: (laughs) Well, You know what? I was trying to I was trying to work out my three favorite favorite Canadians in anticipation of saying that. Uh, One of them is definitely Wolverine. Oh, yeah. And then that just leaves a slot open. And I can't decide (laughs) if it goes to Will Arnett, uh, Nathan Fielder or Tatiana Maslany.
1: You know what? Tatiana and I are from the same city. So and I, you know, mutual friends, weirdly. So I'd be very happy for her to be in second place and me to be like holding in the rear there. Yeah. And for the record, good things about her. If you're a fan of her, I've never heard a bad word about her. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) That's always nice to hear in this day and age where it's like, there's, they're a nice person. Like what you think they are. That's what they are. So.
0: Oh man. And, And that also means you're two degrees from the Marvel universe. I know. It's very strange. I'm. I'm hoping you get a She-Hulk cameo before the end of the season.
1: I got to, yeah, I got to pull some strings. But I do my, use her constantly as my like degrees of separation. I'm like, hey, well, I have my friend who knows her. So that means I know so-and-so. It's just like, it's a very, <laughs> it's a nice hack.
0: <laughs> my my wish list for Daredevil or for, I ruined the joke now. My wish list for She-Hulk <laughs> guest stars is you and Daredevil.
1: <laughs> Same app. We'll, well, I'll be a lawyer. I can't act or anything, but I'll really give my all.
0: That's all we can ask. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And now the the show. Uh, and I'm excited because you were one of the people I sort of reached out to without an idea of a show. There are some people I went, oh, no, you have to do this show. Mm-hmm. And I was delighted with your choice. Uh, you chose Great News. Yeah. Which, if you haven't watched it, and seemingly most people have not, (laughs) uh, it was an NBC sitcom, two seasons from 2017 to 2018, uh, created by Tracy Wigfield from 30 Rock, and it was produced by Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, uh, well-loved over here. And -hmm. it was a behind-the-scenes show about uh, making a bad news show and also the lead character's relationship with her mother, who was a late in life intern. Yeah. Uh. Now, to start with, uh, can uh, tell me about your your history with the show. Like, did you watch it when it aired, or find it later, or or what's your what's what's your deal? Similar like, to yourself. Yeah. Um,
1: similar to you, like I think we both share this. Where I'll start watching shows because I really like who's. The creator of it or like if i like because i found out tra- it was a tracy wigfield show and that's why i, I started watching it because i loved 30 rock i like was obsessed with all the writers on that show and like followed all their projects so i was like oh man this is going to be like the spiritual successor of 30 rock i'm so excited so i watched it weekly while it was airing um and i've re it since a million times because it's on netflix in canada um, but yeah, that's how I got into it is, is I knew it was a Tracy Wigfield show that Robert Carlock and Tina Fey were executive producing. And I was like, well, this seems like it'll certainly be at my alley. And then the cast, like Andrea Martin, and like, I just was so excited. I, I so yeah, I, I watched it week to week while it was airing. I was one of the few. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was you and me, pretty much.
1: <laughs> we made up that whole demographic, yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I. I sort of remember I might've started late. Like I, like you, I'm like, Oh, Tracy Wigfield. It's the, the fake Carlock uh, comedy conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely want to see this, but something must've been going on in my life where I was behind and I remember just DVRing it and watching the whole first season over a weekend, maybe.
1: Oh yeah. It's a quick watch too. Mm-hmm. Like, every re- like we re- i rewatched it for this and i was like wow i did that in like
0: a very short amount of time it was like a week <laughs> i watched two seasons oh yeah i'm because i i'm i'm uh trying to do one of these every couple of weeks i am rewatching so or in some cases watching for the first time se- several shows right now hmm. and it's taking up most of my tv time which is a separate tragedy in and of itself <laughs> and this was this was just such a fun, easy rewatch, oh yeah, like i'll sit sit down and just bust out a couple. It's great mm-hmm. um so before we start being just generally enthusiastic about the show and and digging in a little mm-hmm. uh one I guess there's two things one one that is ex- one that I'm happy about and one that's a little bit of a bummer mm-hmm. that are worth noting uh. The bummer first, obviously, is uh, Horatio Sands is in the cast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering if we were talking about that. That was going to be my like uh, one note of like he's in it. He's not a major part, and he's not even very funny in the show. I think he's maybe one of my least. He definitely is my least favorite character. But yeah, he he yeah, warning. He is in the show.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's just a, a heads up for anybody. And I feel like he became less a part of the show as it went on too
1: for sure yeah what like, his role in the pilot versus the series finale very different i think
0: yeah he's i think he still has opening credit uh status but i think he gets about as much do as like brad morris and sort of the 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 tertiary cast by the end of the yeah. show
1: which is a shame because i love brad morris he should have been a bigger he should have taken over that role i think he, every time he spoke on that show i like every just perfect jokes. Crack me oh, up. He,
0: like the, the end of the first season when he just gets credit for everything and takes it. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just, oh, it's perfect. Oh God. It's
0: so funny. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a number of great people involved, but one, I, I uh, just want to specifically mention because I know it's probably a exciting thing for you is uh uh. Hayes Davenport was a uh, producer and writer on the show.
1: Oh, yes. I plan to talk about that. <laughs> it's like he that oh, when I realized I did he join in season two or season one? I think season two, right?
0: Yeah, I think season two is where he starts.
1: Yeah. So I already loved the show, loved Hayes on his own. And then I saw that he was joining as a writer and producer. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I was like, so stoked. I feel like this must be how people like about sports when someone like joins their team like <laughs> like the extreme dork version where it's like yes this podcaster slash writer i like will be on a show i enjoy like i don't know kind of yeah
0: there's a, not even on the show he's a member of the writing staff
1: <laughs> like you'll never see him on the show but you'll see his name in the credits and feel a weird sort of like pride <laughs> like just like i love that guy good job like yeah, yeah. It, hard to explain feeling <laughs>
0: It's so fun when you see his name in every episode of season two, and then he's the credited writer of two episodes, including the series finale.
1: I know, it's insane, yeah. it's And he's, I, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, because I know with, like, staff writing shows, the whoever's the credited writer, you know, didn't write every joke, but the ones he's credited on are my two of my favorite episodes of the entire series, so I'm like, that can't be a coincidence.
0: Yeah, yeah. they... I think they are standouts and there's, you, you get some lines like throughout the season where you can kind of go, Oh, that's, that sounds like a Hayes line.
1: Oh, I wrote one down that I remember tweeting about when the episode aired and I went back and I, and I always, it's the same joke and it's not an episode he wrote, I'm pretty sure, but it's a joke that is so Hayes Davenport Hollywood handbook esque that I was like, there's no way he didn't write this. Like I would bet my life on it. (laughs) yeah, he's, oh gosh, yeah. That That's the definite plus to the Horatio sounds downfall, so.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think there's maybe a, a, another very notable casting thing to mention that uh, seemed weird at the time and is no less weird now, but is kind of great, is Nicole Richie is the co-anchor of the news show.
1: That casting choice, I remember also being, I didn't really know what, her deal was like it just that's just like a part of culture I just never really knew about I love her so much on this show her line deliveries are so strange (laughs) like it's like I wrote down some of the things she says and I'm just like what like I her brain is just wild like the choices she made I just I respect the heck out of it like she did a very good job against like John Michael Higgins like and Andrea Martin like comedian like very great improv like comedians and she she held her own in a very strange
0: way <laughs> yeah it she has so many scenes with John Michael Higgins who's been doing yeah. this forever yeah and she's she's so funny
1: oh yeah she cracks me up on that show oh my goodness
0: and it's with the the, the Tina Fey sort of universe of shows you can sometimes tell when somebody gets the joke and when they don't mm mm-hmm there are people who are good on those shows, but you can kind of tell maybe they don't uh, understand what the humor is. And I feel like she was she was in on it.
1: Oh, for sure. Definitely. And I think that, like, it almost, like, really worked to her advantage that people probably went and be like, why is she on this, like, comedy show? And then, like, I feel like she kind of used that because it's sort of how you're supposed to view her character. It's like, why is this type of character, like, hosting a new show? It makes no sense. And they just played that up. And it just, like, her and John Michael Higgins are such a perfect duo. They're so funny. Because I remember, I think it was Liz Merriweather was talking, or maybe it was even, like, Jake Johnson. They were talking on New Girl how, like, the reason why, like, Nick and Schmidt are such good foils or good characters is because they'd never go for the same joke. Like, those two characters would never be making the same joke. And I think that's why great news works in so many ways is every single character has their own clear comedic voice. Like none of them would a joke for one character would never work as a joke for another character, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And I feel like that's what makes a comedy. That's what makes like the great comedies is where it's like each character has their own specific, very funny thing. Um, And I feel like, yeah, she's such a great example of that where it's like that character, I can't imagine it being played by anyone else now. I'm like, yeah, she absolutely killed it. Like she's so, so funny. in that character it's, Makes me wish she did more stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see her in more comedy. She's very, very funny.
0: I, w- I would love it. I'm, I don't really remember her doing any acting before this either.
1: Yeah, it just the simple life, which is like, quote unquote, a reality show. But clearly, you know, there was some scripted moments, I think, in that show. And I think she was always known as like a very funny person in that show. I never watched that show, but that's genuinely all I can think of that she was in. I don't know. Yeah, if-
0: she's sort of laid low after that it felt like where where yeah. Paris Hilton kept uh doing acting jobs or hosting SNL and not yeah. being very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her the Paris Hilton character
1: definitely is yeah, took a different route. Whereas I think Nicole Richie was just like I want to just hang out and just be a rich person, <laughs> which is honestly that's what I would do if I was rich. I, you would never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> disappear. Yeah, but she's so funny. Holy smokes.
0: Yeah, so I I respect so much that she, you know there were probably crummy shows that tried to get her. Oh, yeah. And just for the, and I don't even... I don't even remember them really exploiting her for, for advertising, but I also don't remember NBC advertising that it existed at all. So
1: I was just going to say, I think they didn't because I don't think the show had any money in advertising. I think it was like, very like, here's one tweet that costs nothing.
0: Watch the show. It, it's so weird the way they just sort of. Yeah, they we will get to that later when we talk about why it didn't go. But, uh, uh, I just uh, maybe before we get into the characters, you uh, a, a specific joke that made me laugh so hard, and I it was not from a Hayes episode, but it's like my favorite kind of joke, and I can't explain even what type it is, but you sort of know it when you hear it. Mm-hmm. It's the the first episode where Jim Rash shows up. Okay. Yep. Uh, where he his whole deal is he was humiliated by uh, Chuck Pierce and outed as an adult who won a science fair in the 70s. And he not only has a hilarious, like high top fade hair piece, (laughs) which is gotta be the only only visual example of of Jim Rash with hair ever.
1: I honestly, yeah, that's true. I can't think of a single example of him with hair.
0: Uh, except for maybe wearing a woman's wig on Community, and that's
1: exactly thing. what I was just gonna say. I was like, he probably had a wild wig in one of his costumes on Community, but I feel like they—it was very clear it was a wig. So you know, it yes. doesn't. This is like supposed to be this character's hair.
0: <laughs> when he is—he—he he, he confronts Chuck, and he says, "You—you you lied. I was." I, I was fifteen in nineteen seventy nine. I'm about to turn, and I'm about to turn thirty. Yeah. And, <laughs> I literally Chuck knew says,
1: that was going to be the joke you were going to say because I was like, that one is so good.
0: Oh God! And then Chuck's. I don't think the math on that works. And, I don't know. I went to school in the two thousands and I only learned Common Core. <laughs> <laughs> Making math more and more tortured is maybe my favorite kind of joke, which explains why I watch Futurama. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah that's like another great thing where it's like the the people that came on for like you know guest spots and like you know just like little bits they were always so so funny like Jim Rash was in what two episodes three episodes yeah I think he was I in three so, great so funny. Funny. yeah like just the last chunk of episodes and he's so funny his character's name is what Fenton Pelt like just
0: Fenton <laughs> Pelt
1: character name it just oh god yeah he, that he's so funny That's, that's a great, that's a great joke to pick as one of your favorites.
0: Yeah. Now I'm looking at the, the guest list here. Uh, You had Chris Parnell as Tina Fey's assistant.
1: Oh, he's so, I'm always happy to see Chris Parnell in anything. And yeah, when he showed up as like her very, like, you know, like, I don't know what the word is, like very proper assistant. And it's just like, whenever he shows up, like being the straight man, you just know there's going to be a turn where, like, in three scenes he's going to be wearing, you know, like, a crop top and, like, just an absolute... (laughs) Yeah, they delivered on that, so it was just... Oh, gosh. Yeah, they, they never... I think they probably had to do some stunt casting, like, bringing in Tina Fey at the beginning of season two felt very much like season two of 30 Rock, where, like, every episode had a guest star, like, Steve Martin, Jennifer Aniston, Oprah. Like, I felt like they were trying to do that by bringing Tina Fey in, but she like actually had a purpose, like her character had a very good purpose and like played a role rather than just being like, and Tina Fey is on the show, you know? So, but yeah, that's, they had good guest stars for sure. One that I want to talk about later, but we'll, I'll save that one.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Tina Fey, I think is one thing I like about, uh, well, there's a, there's a million things I like about Tina Fey, but on, uh, her role on this show where she's the, the, head of the of the whole network is it's so she mostly when she does even cameos are very Mm self-effacing and this is just her running the network and being mean yeah (laughs) and just cutting people down and it's so i don't know it's it's really fun to see her do that because usually when she does her cameos on on the shows she produces or even on 30 Rock, she's sort of a disaster.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I always think of like her in season, I guess even in season two, but in her, I can't remember Kimmy Schmidt seasons kind of roll all into one in my head. And I never even finished that show, but when she's the lawyer, like make like with the curly hair and she's just a mess. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like that where it's very character Like, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like. Like a
0: catch yeah. character almost. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I mean, like, Diana saint is like a hilarious person. That's just a very funny name for a character. And the way she says it every time, like, is very funny in this show. And it, like, she could lean into character territory, but it's just, it suits so well with the show where, like, she just speaks in jokes. Like, every word out of that character's mouth pushes the story along, but is also a joke. Like, it's my favorite thing in Tina Fey shows. And I'm sure Tracy Wigfield, that's part of why. I know that's probably, I think like Tracy or Tina Fey is kind of like a mentor to her. And you can really tell in their writing styles where it's like, if a sentence could be exposition and a joke, they'll always do that. Like, it's, there's just so many jokes, (laughs) which is like my favorite thing. Oh
0: God. It's like that, that style is about as close as anybody's come to replicating the, the old days of the Simpsons in live action.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I I do think that's really cool is so many people who've come from the Tina Fey shows have gone on to create and show run their own things. Mm -hmm. And she and Robert Carlock stay on as uh, as producers in, I think, a a way that helps those shows exist.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: As as opposed to Lauren Michaels, who I think just puts his name on things because he enjoys having his name on things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but you get the vibe Like uh, uh, Tracy Wigfield came from Thirty Rock, and did this, and then the Saved by the Bell reboot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Meredith Scardino started on Kimmy Schmidt, and she then created Girls Five Eva,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which uh, that's another great Tina Fey cameo. But it's a very sketch character. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it, it's a th- it always kind of makes me feel good that people who who work with, with uh, Tina Fey and, and Carlock, they, uh like, they sort of stay, they they get a chance to create their own things, but sort of, of stay under that umbrella that gives them, I think, more of a chance to get seen.
1: Yeah, and I also think it's a good move, because this might, I don't want it to sound like a hot take, but I don't think it's a hot take, but I do think Tina Fey's perspective has kind of aged out a little bit, not because of her literal age, but I do think she has a sort of perspective on comedy that is very 90s, early 2000s in terms of, like... I don't know how to explain it. Like, she still says things that get her in hot water sometimes because she doesn't, like... She's not the most sensitive person, which is fine. Like, I don't expect comedians to be the most, like, (laughs) sensitive, thoughtful people. Like, that's not a fair thing. But I do think Tina Fey, if she wrote... I don't know, if she starred in a show again, like 30 Rock, I just feel like it could come off a little tone deaf sometimes. So I do really like that she's mentoring and, like, supporting and, like, producing these shows of younger writers that she really likes because I think, I don't know, I just don't think a, a show that was executive or that was created by Tina Fey would have, like, a trans actor at, in one of the main roles, you know? Like, I just don't think, do you know, does that make any sense? Like, I feel like she's yeah, kind nope. of a little, like... I don't know. She's every once in a while, she'll come out with a commentary on something. And it just sounds very like old man yells at cloud, (laughs) you know? Like, so it makes me happy that she's like, I feel like she kind of knows that a little bit. So she's like producing more for these younger, a bit more, I don't know, like the Tracy Wigfields or, you know, like people like that. Like, I mean, I guess Tracy, she's like 40, but still, you know, like, I don't know if that made any sense, but that's how I kind of, I kind of like she's made.
0: (laughs) Yes, I I I understand what you're saying. I think uh, I do think Tina Fey is has a. She's generally on the right side, but it's in the way that she sometimes expresses it. And yeah, I don't think she's as thoughtful about things like casting a trans actor as you said. Uh partly because of age, and partly, which I I don't mean to make it sound like she's she, she she's aged out of the industry, just. Mm-hmm there is a sensitivity that uh i i'm not much younger than she is that that i have to keep struggling to remember and i don't have the part about re- being uh rich and famous and having people pay attention to me on top of that
1: <laughs> yeah like and, I, she she suffers from the like the like rich white feminist perspective that a lot of people of her caliber like there were a lot like she was my hero in high school like during 30 Rock I like she was like my number one like I love Tina Fey I love Amy Poehler they are my absolute heroes and I still love Tina Fey and I like her work means so much to me like her comedy means the world to me but I also like as I've grown up I'm like sometimes she says things that I'm just like it feels like you're the aunt you love saying things kind of like with the general right idea but she's saying it kind of wrong if that makes sense like there's just certain, like, I just remember a weekend update bit where she's just, like, eating a cake. And, like, just, like, oh, dumb yeah, that Yeah, where I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> just don't. Just come on. But, um anyways, that's not important. But um that's why I just like that. Like, I love, you can feel her impact on the show a lot. Like, I, I called it the spiritual successor of 30 Rock. And I genuinely believe that. I think that those shows, like like mirror each other in a very great way The show on 30 Rock.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think that's, I I agree with you that that's, you, you said it better than I could because you are younger and more perceptive than me and uh, uh, have an easier time with this concept. Uh, like I don't, there's the episode where where uh, Chuck and Carol both end up going to sensitivity training. Mm-hmm and they both sort of have their their old man yells at cloud reactions to it mm-hmm. and the way they get that chuck especially gets called out for it is uh it is i think is really well done where uh you know it's like man you know it's 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 2017 i wish i could remember the exact line but it was like the president just created something called bitch jail yeah <laughs> You know, this this is not the time for you to be aggrieved.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like maybe this is me just, like, projecting. I do feel like if this was a show created and, ran, like, the room was ran by Tina Fey, I almost feel like it would have ended with, like, Chuck kind of being in the right <laughs> and being like, these woke millennials, like, come on. Like, not in the super right-wing way, but just in, like, the you know, sometimes comedians who are objectively, like, liberal are like, what, we can't joke about that anymore, like, that kind of take, where I feel like with this younger, slightly younger room of writers, they were, like, writers, they were, like, um, I'm, like, we get what you're saying, but it's, like, this is not the time for that, <laughs> that attitude, like, grow up, like, I I've always liked that episode for that perspective of being, like, just like get over it <laughs> like which is kind of what you want to say sometimes to the people in your life who are like 50 or 60 or in their, or whatever <laughs> just like just get over it like you're not this is not an important thing right now like bigger things are going on than you being told to like maybe you know use a different word you know <laughs> I always like that episode because I think they handled that kind of tricky comedy premise like very well
0: yeah and I what I like is that they also had both chuck and carol in that position and they they were the the two different kinds of old people yeah exactly. carol is definitely the more like the sweeter kind who who just doesn't understand why you don't say words whereas chuck is 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 upset that he can't
1: exactly like carol has that moment of like the african-american board or whatever is saying like the blackboard and they're just like no like come on like it's not that hard like it just i yeah totally it's like the two different exactly the two different kind of old people and i feel like if a show like i can't even think a different comedy show did that same comedy premise it would be really preachy and i feel like this one just like cut to the bare bones of like just, come on just get over it like let's just move on. there's look who the president is, like just get over it, like, yeah, I always like that that the way they executed that one
0: <clears throat> um, I feel like we need to uh mention some of the main characters at this point,
1: yeah, probably a good idea
0: <laughs> um the 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 Liz Lemon role of the show, I guess mm-hmm. is uh uh Katie, who's played by and I, I am probably going to pronounce her first name wrong, not according to Wikipedia, Briga Helan. Yes, yeah. Who, every time I see that name, my immediate reaction is that that's a swimsuit model. Really? I don't know who I've confused that with, and I don't know that I could name three swimsuit models if you offered me money. <laughs> but it's just just, it's, yeah, it just, it's... Yeah, it, it sounds like a model name. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's she's funny. Like she doesn't work much after this. Uh, just kind of guest shots here and there.
1: Yeah, she had a funny bit. I remember on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and she was on Happy Endings, but I didn't realize that till you know, like after I watched Great News, and then I did a Happy Endings rewatch, and I was like, oh my God, Brea! <laughs> so
0: excited. That- she was also, um, I learned this today and I, I do not remember her on it at all. She was on Love. The oh. uh the Paul Rust, Gillian Jacobs, Netflix show.
1: Holy smokes. I have no memory. I watched that entire show. I have no memory of her being on it whatsoever.
0: I I do not either. Interesting. I kind of want to go back and rewatch it, but it's a, such an awkward rewatch based on the number of people in my life who have who. I've been able to tell when they watch the show because they started referring to me as Randy. Oh.
1: <laughs> that's, that's no.
0: <laughs> I was, I was. They were comparing me to a pre-famous Mike Mitchell character.
1: I don't. That's stupid. No, Randy. No, I don't like that. That's a terrible comparison.
0: But uh, the other thing she did, she actually had a, re- a recurring role on a sitcom very recently. Uh, that apparently neither of us knew about. Uh, It's a show called Be Positive. Have you heard of Be Positive? Is that the Thomas Middleditch show? The Thomas Middleditch Chuck Lorre kidney transplant show that ran on CBS for two seasons.
1: It had two seasons? I remember it being talked about, or I remember before Thomas Middleditch, before all that came out, and I followed him on Instagram and stuff still. I remember him posting about it a couple times, I think. And then I never I was like, this does not seem like a show I would enjoy. So I never watched it. Did not know there's two seasons. That is nuts.
0: I, I think for one of those seasons, it was paired with the extremely short lived Pete Holmes bowling sitcom How We Roll.
1: God, this sounds these shows sound like fake shows on 30 like that Jack would pitch on 30 Rock like. You know, that's how I feel sometimes Though so much of the TV landscape. Like, when you describe a show, you're like, this is something that Jack would have pitched to try and tank NBC. Like, God, what no, is okay. happening to the world? <laughs> so well, Deep that... had as many seasons as great news? Is that what I just realized? <laughs> that is deeply upsetting to me.
0: Well, that's... And I, I, I wonder... And I I I want to get your perspective on it in just a second. If that's intensified by, I mean, you 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 maybe you don't get necessarily all of the American TV in Canada. Mm-mm. Does it ever just feel like a completely foreign TV landscape, or is it more just because you like good things and the networks have largely fallen into self-parody?
1: That's a good point. Like. The thing about, like, strictly Canadian TV shows is a lot of our things are just, like, adaptations of American things. Like, what is our version of Shark Tank? It's, like, The Dragon's Den. Like, there's just, like, weird things like that. So, sometimes if I look at, like, Canadian things specifically, it already feels like a weird, like, alternate universe of, like, American TV. But since I'm very online, I feel like I usually know what's going on in the States. But, like... Those ones are, and like we have, we have NBC and things like we have all the main things. It's just like sometimes the streaming things is where, for some reason, copyright law is different between our countries. So it's like there's certain like streaming shows where it'll be like, I have no idea where I can even find this show. Like it's just like what. So sometimes that makes me feel very like out of touch, where it's like all these shows on streaming, where I'm like, what are these people talking about? And where is this? What is this streaming network? Like all these weird offshoots where it's like, I have no idea what this is. But yeah, so in that way, yes, definitely. But
0: it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. I used to follow just like be aware of all of network TV. I mean, you know, I had a TV website and I was at least aware of things even if I didn't watch them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now I was talking to somebody about an actor I liked and I'm like I wonder what they're doing and they've been on a, a CBS procedural for six years and it's like the number five highest rated show in the country and it's like I've never heard of it ever
1: oh yeah all of those like the procedural, like there's like Chicago fire Chicago PD all these things I have no idea about those ones but I do feel like with comedies, I'm usually know what's happening. And then like, you know, the prestige dramas of it all, I'm usually on top of, but like, yeah, I would not know anything about the procedurals. Like, yeah. Like an actor you love, it's like, Oh, they've been on a show on yeah CBS for 10 years. <laughs> and you're like, huh? <laughs> That's uh, uh the
0: the first, it'll be out by the time people hear this, the, the first episode I did of this where we talked about a, a short-lived show was the the HBO drama John from Cincinnati. Okay. Which is my favorite one-season show, but I'm not going to spend another episode evangelizing about that. <laughs> uh And and uh my friend Sam was on and we got to talking about where some of the actors went and we're like, "Boy, you don't really see the guy who played John." And we looked it up and he did four full seasons of a CW show, he did two full seasons of The Walking Dead. Like <laughs> He was a regular on about eight shows in between those things. It was all just stuff that wasn't on my radar. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes network TV to me feels like when I hear about Canadian TV, (laughs) like most of the time, I think I've got a pretty good handle on like, I know Canadian references to a degree. Like I can, they make sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'll be listening to stop podcasting yourself, and they will just casually mention something that sounds absolutely insane. They'll be <laughs> like, "I'm I'm so unmoored right now."
1: <laughs> I feel like they'll pull references from like the '90s or early 2000s, where there is like absolutely no reference to like people in the states for it. Like at least now, like see, like Canadian television would be like Shit's Creek, which had like a lot of success in the states or like there's a show called kim's convenience which oh yeah um had success and then like the one of the characters that like went on to star in a marvel movie so it's like there are there is more overlap now but there are i'm sure references like from like like do you know what this hour has 22 minutes is or like anything like that
0: i'm i think that's a comedy news show from context i think i've heard of it
1: yeah, it, like we had that and like the Rick Mercer report which were like sort of like our versions of like Colbert and like Jon Stewart and like those kind of shows but yeah there's a lot of like weird like what's the one Paul Tompkins always talks about the littlest hobo as like his favorite yeah. Canadian reference <laughs> it's like but yeah that's a pretty obscure one that people are like what is this like what are you trying to describe it's like, oh it's a dog that goes to town to town yeah <laughs> like,
0: For a long time, my avatar on Skype was a shot of the littlest hobo. (laughs) He's a cute dog. You watch the opening theme on... He's carrying a gun at one point in the opening theme. (laughs) Not as if he's going to shoot it. He's like running with a rifle, but...
1: Yeah, he does what he's got to (laughs) do. The mean Canadian prairies, yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, back to the show we were talking
1: yes, about, <laughs> we
0: <laughs> she ended up on a Chuck Lorre show, and then we ended up talking about <laughs> Canadian TV from the 70s while discussing her. <laughs> um,
1: um, back to her, I think she's one of my favorite comedians. I didn't know her going into this show, and so I was kind of like, who is this gal that's leading this new show? I think she is one of the funniest comedic actors. Like She commits to every single joke so hard and she delivered like, which sometimes can seem like when someone tries too hard, you're like, yeah, but like, she does it so perfectly. And there's some of her line readings that just like years later, stick with me the way her voice will like inflect, like her inflections and like, Oh God, she just absolutely kills me. I love that actress. I wish she worked so much more. Cause she's so, so funny.
0: The one where she is going to try to ride a bike to the park <laughs> to get footage of a bear. And she doesn't know how to ride a bike. That's and when I knew I loved this show. <laughs> physically funny. And the one, like the first time she falls and she says, oh, I'm going down. Yeah. And I think about that delivery minimum of once a week.
1: Oh, it kills. Me. I think that's one of like, like the second or third episode. It's like pretty early on in the first season. I remember that like those like that just her continually falling and I just remember laughing so hard and just being like oh I love this show I love it so much she is one where it's in season two and she's talking to Tina Fey's character and she's just like spiraling out and she's like I had a dream that you were holding me in a lake and then at the end she just goes am I dead like she just like talks herself up into such a hysteria like because she just cannot shut up and the ending where she's like, am I dead? Just sticks with me all the time the way she says it. It is so, God, she's so funny. I, I love that character. She absolutely kills me.
0: Now, now here's my question. This is, this is to satisfy my curiosity. Mm-hmm. When you go onto Netflix and you have a thumbnail for the show, what's the thumbnail image that comes up for you?
1: Oh, I'm going to look that up right now. I'm trying to think because sometimes it changes. But let's see. Is it on Netflix in the States too? Yes. Okay, good. I was wondering if it'd be like a peacock show or something. I assumed
0: it would be. And uh, yeah, apparently Netflix swooped it up with Kimmy Schmidt or something.
1: Let me find. Why isn't it even in my recently? Hold on. Let me search. It was, I I feel like it was Nicole Richie when I was just doing my rewatch. Okay. Which is strange. But so let me, oh, right now it is Tina Fey and Nicole Ritchie. Okay. It, both not in a scene, like it's very clearly cropped because there was never a scene where they were together looking like this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's that's the two most famous people on the show.
1: Very strange edit. Yeah. that's So yeah, I guess, that's weird. what is it for you?
0: Well, in most Netflix shows, like you say, it does change the thumbnail from time to time. I have only had one thumbnail the entire time I've watched rewatched the two seasons mm-hmm. for every episode and I think I'm being profiled by Netflix. <laughs> it is the scene where her mom uh, her mom tears open her shirt to reveal her bra and that has been the thumbnail every time <laughs> I log into Netflix. <laughs> I
1: did not expect that. I was drinking water and I was just spit it out. Yeah, that is like some algorithm stuff for you. <laughs> that is just like, oh, this this guy, he wants to see Andrea Martin.
0: Honestly, if you look at my Netflix uh, uh, history, you have no reason to believe that, uh, you know... <laughs> That is very That's funny. I've never, <laughs> I've
1: never had that as the thumbnail. I've had one where it's, oh, what's his name? It's Adam Campbell. I've had one where it's John Michael Higgins, I think. I've never had <laughs> Andrea Martin ripping it. That's very, very funny. Holy cow. always
0: Brig Heelan cleavage. And yeah. that part is actually really funny because we learned that she refers to her breasts as bebop and rock steady. Yeah. Yeah, when
1: she. Her mom's like well then what are those doing <laughs> you know they have a mind of their own
0: <laughs> you, oh, you know what? i want to talk about adam campbell in just answer. a second but that reminded me of one of my other favorite jokes from the show where uh mm. her it, it's in season one and and carol is is they're they're just talking and i can't remember the setup now but it's uh uh katie is telling her look you're 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 too involved in my life you have to back off a little bit and your hand is in my shirt and (laughs) carol responded oh i'm just checking to see if you're wearing an underwire because those i read those cause cancer wait a minute i don't read (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh i love carol
0: (laughs) you mentioned adam campbell who is her boss uh greg and he becomes a romantic interest yeah. Uh, as the sh- as it's always kind of hinted at, and then in season two they really drive it home. Like maybe they thought that was going to be the key to season three.
1: I don't know. But- yeah, I I I feel like it was hinted pretty well in season one, but you're right. They did gear it up in season two, and I part of me wonders if is if I think it's because they knew season two was going to be their final season, and they wanted to give it a satisfying ending. And part of it was like really pushing fast forward on that romance which i didn't mind at all i was very happy with that ending but yeah you're you're right it season 2 really pushed it into high gear yeah,
0: he is he is really funny and he's funny in a very uh, the way he it 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 feels both tina fey and hayes davenport he mm-hmm. he's written in a way where he is an english person written by somebody who has chosen to do no research into england
1: Oh yeah. All of the jokes about like where he grew up and like all of his fam like all the little details he reveals about himself are so funny and insane. <laughs> um one of my favorite like I didn't really know that I know he was on Kimi Schmidt and he played kind of an unlikable character. So I was kind of curious what his his deal would be on the show. And I really I love Greg. He with each rewatch I like him more. But there's one where they surprise him for his birthday. And they go surprise. And like his exclamation when he gets surprised is Tiny Dunkirk. And it just, (laughs) I laugh every time. I'm like, it's just such a stupid thing. uh, That's one of the ones I wrote down where it's like that one gets me every single time. Him just exclaiming Tiny Dunkirk when he gets surprised for his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But yeah, he's, I love Greg. He's a great character.
0: Every reference to British food, like, it's or or their version of, of Shark Tank, yeah. God, it, it's but it, it really does sound like uh, like Hayes doing an impression of a British person on Hollywood Handbook.
1: Oh, for sure. And he has a joke where he talks about like people always think I'm smart because I have a British accent, but really, I only like have an eighth grade education, which of course is the equivalent to an American university or whatever it is. Joke is, and I was like. Oh, this is just every time he reveals a detail about himself, it cracks me up.
0: This is going to be such a bummer because he really doesn't do much after this.
1: I'm trying. Yeah, I don't think I saw him anything. Was he not like? I know some of them got pulled over to be in. Um, I cannot eat. What is the? What did she do after this, Tracy? Wake? we just talked about it—the reboot of.
0: Oh, uh, uh, saved by the bell. Saved by the bell.
1: I kept on wanting to say it's always sunny (laughs) like that is a different show that I don't even watch but yeah he didn't really do much for tv that's such a bummer because he's also extremely funny
0: yeah I mean after this he did he had three guest spots on sitcoms and nothing since 2018 Mm. and I don't but uh this is yeah I don't I I I don't know I mean you Here's the thing. He's, he's good and he's English. Mm-hmm. And if you're English, there are talk about a different culture. There are a million TV shows over there that run for six episodes that we will never see. Yeah. <laughs> and there are people who just make a tremendous living off of off of just doing English stuff that doesn't necessarily get exported, but they work 52 weeks a year.
1: Yeah. OK. Did you look at were you looking on Wikipedia? I went on to his IMDb.
0: And oh, okay, yeah, I was on Wikipedia.
1: This is extremely funny, because it really just reveals what we were talking about earlier. He had a bunch of episodes on NCIS. <laughs> 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 so I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's why we didn't know. And then he was on some show called The Conductor. No, he was on a show called Piccolo, and he played the conductor. <laughs> and then he was on a TV short. So we're right in the fact that it's still very little. And he was on an episode of Drunk History. But, um. Yeah, not a ton, but at least he he's last to credit is 2021. So hopefully enough that he's trucking along. He's married to an actress, too. He's married to the actress that plays Kat on the show.
0: Yeah, his girlfriend, Jama Mays.
1: Yeah. So maybe she's been working and he's been able to kick it.
0: <laughs> she does work quite a bit, actually. She's doing the Disenchanted sequel right now. Oh, right. Yeah um and she was on another CBS sitcom that you and I have definitely never seen an episode of uh just this year so oh that may very well be that uh, cuz they they have a kid together who oh, no, knows? Mm-hmm. it it doesn't seem like they're they're hurt which i just like him i'm not worried about their uh
1: <laughs> if they can make ends meet
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, i and don't think, think we need to take up a collection they're probably doing fine but but
1: yeah i just like seeing mean, yeah. Hmm. Well, we have to write a show that's for these people to get them working again,
0: and we'll call it "Great News." Yeah. <laughs> now we we've uh, mentioned them a little bit, but kind of the the comedy power, like the people who come into this with careers, mm-hmm. uh, is Andrea Martin as as Carol, uh, Katie's mother, and the intern, and uh. uh there's two Higgins and I always John Michael Higgins Mm -hmm. yeah as uh Chuck Pierce the co-anchor these two have been around forever and they're so god it's such a good showcase for them
1: oh my gosh yeah it's I feel like I knew John Michael Higgins because he's been in everything forever but this was the first time where I really felt like I mean I guess it was the first time he was in like a Maybe not the first time. Is this the first time he was in like a lead role on a network
0: show? I feel I'm kind of scrolling through. He's been in a million things, so it's hard to.
1: I feel like he was always like a bit player. Like he'd come on for like a few episodes, absolutely crush it, and then.
0: Yeah, then he'd move on and do something. Yeah. yeah this is, he, let's see. The, le- it's oh, the yeah. most episodes he's ever done of. Uh, actually, the most episodes he's done of. A live act. Uh, He's a voice on Big Hero Six, the series, and the host of something called America Says, which has 400 episodes.
1: What in the heck is that?
0: (laughs) I don't know. He was Emmy nominated as a game show host, but yeah, his his whole TV career is, you know, three episodes here, you know, two episodes there, a lot of voiceover work, but it's. Hundreds and hundreds of shows. Yeah, he's been he's been working. He, yeah, that's... yeah, he's he is. When I was in, I went to L. A. like two weeks before official pandemic lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. And I am convinced I saw him walking his dog. <gasps> oh,
1: I, that's not spotted.
0: I cannot confirm, and I didn't want. If it was him, I didn't want to bother him. Yeah, yeah. I guess I also didn't want to bother him if it wasn't him, because that would be even <laughs> weirder. But uh, that was that was the only, that was my one celebrity sighting, and I was so excited about it. And it's not confirmed. Um, Choosing to I believe it was him. Yeah, we did go to the comedy store and see Nick Kroll and Anthony Jeselnik, but they were being paid to be there. So that's not that's not a celebrity sighting. <laughs> yeah that, you like you kn- saw people doing their jobs i think yeah. i saw john michael higgins walking a dog
1: that's a great one i would choose it was him and i also um yeah i wouldn't have bugged him either. i would have just stared at him
0: from far <laughs> and like oh, you're so funny he's he, there's i mean he's he's so this is gonna i hope this doesn't come across as a burn to somebody who i very much respect when this show started, I found myself thinking, uh, this seems like a Phil Hartman role. Oh, yeah. And I could totally by the see end, it. I'm like, I think I like what he did with it better than what I pictured Phil Hartman doing with it. And I love Phil Hartman.
1: Yeah, it like has like the, I totally see why you would draw that comparison, because like the news radio of it, of it all, like, this sort of like similar kind of like um, workplace sitcom behind the scenes of like a um, like a broadcast kind of show. Yeah. yeah but- I, can't, I can't picture anyone else in that role. I feel like he did like and it's probably what you mean. Like by the end you're like I can only see him in this role because he swings from just being like the straight man to like it's so absurd to like crying on the floor like he just can do it. He just does it all. <laughs> the
0: the episode where he has a wax dummy of himself and it ends up falling off the roof
1: oh god that episode is so funny
0: the tag on that episode where where she goes out and it's like oh my god the dummy's still on uh, the it's still on the ground and then he's like i'm waiting for my uber (laughs) but then he gets into the position of the dummy again which is it's not even just laying on the ground like one leg is raised a little and his arms are at it's like it is the weirdest position and he just gets into it.
1: <laughs> it's just like, it's like the faint, like the goats that get scared and then they just absolutely freeze and fall over. It's like that. Like he's like completely stiff on the ground. That joke is one of my favorites because it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> like It's one of those jokes where it's like, there's no sense of reality in it whatsoever. And it's just so funny. Cause it's like, yeah, no one would ever be doing that, but it's just so perfect for this show where. The show is not tethered to reality for a good chunk of their jokes <laughs> like which I love. I love when shows just go off like just go into absurdity but you everyone still responds to everything like it's normal like <laughs> like no one is ever like, "Well, that was a weird thing to say." You know, like everyone is just
0: like, oh, "Okay. <laughs> that person's off being insane again. Let's carry on." Do, do you have access to Girls 5 Eva up there in Canada?
1: I think there is some weird part of Amazon prime where you buy a special channel and you get access to the peacock shows. Um, but I don't have Amazon prime due to, I just don't want to support Amazon anymore. (laughs) Um, so I watched part of the first season by streaming it illegally, which is something I never do, but I just, I wanted to see that show so bad. And like the five or so episodes I saw were very, very funny. And there's yeah, a running I, joke about them watching the Americans that I was like, this is my <laughs> joke. <laughs> this is my. This is. I for like me. it,
0: but when you talked about untethered from reality, it made me think of that because that show has a running joke in season one where a character has an invisible piano.
1: <laughs> I love that. That is what, I, that stuff makes me laugh very hard. Like, I don't need like a gritty comedy like. I need comedies like this and like Detroiters and like a bunch of other shows that got canceled after two seasons, if I'm being honest, but like where they're just super weird and they're just funny. Like I love Ted Lasso and Barry and all those shows, but it's like every once in a while, I just need a comedy that is exclusively jokes. Like that's all I need. (laughs) Like, I just want to laugh.
0: Yep. And I'm, I'm, I feel like about the only place you're getting that now is uh the 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 fake harlock people and the the michael sure dan gore people
1: yeah and even sometimes michael sure like mike sure dan gore they sometimes lead a bit more into like serious you know but they do yeah. usually back with jokes but like i yeah you're right like i just i really appreciate like barry and shows like that where they because they're so weird but it really feels like it's they're their own thing. Like, like when I ever think about Emmys and things like that, I'm like, it is insane that Barry and like what we do in the shadows or something would be in the same category when it's like, Barry is like 29 minutes of having like an anxiety attack and then two minutes of like very funny jokes. Whereas like what we do in the shadows is like 30 minutes straight of like just jokes. And it just feels like when comedies start really wanting awards, <laughs> It's when like like, start, like they start losing jokes. It makes no sense to me. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and shows like Great News and and, and Shadows and uh, it's not really the same thing, but even like Bob's Burgers, there's so many shows now that after they're done, I'm like, I need a half hour of just something that is funny and does not have dark undertones that are going to have me worried about their future.
1: Yeah. Like... There's just something so nice about, like, those kind of sitcoms where it's, like, just, like, just, I think that's why this show is so easy to watch. is because, like, you care about the characters. Like, there are, it's not like there's a, it's a show without stakes because, like, the character will, like, lose their job or, you know, like, things like that. Like, you still want enough of an incentive where you, like, want to tune in the next week. Like, for me, the reason why I think of this show as, like, a perfect show is because it has all the elements I love in a comedy where it's, like, it has like like i was talking about like very specific characters like absurd jokes but then i love when there's like a will they won't they like like with katie and with greg like that's why you kind of keep wanting to like you're invested in the characters you know like i feel like that's the perfect combo for a sitcom because there's some sitcoms like i could never get into it's always sunny um and i think it's because I didn't really care about those characters. Like I thought they were funny and like they would be in like absurd situations. And sometimes like the show would make me laugh, but it's like, I did not, I do not care whatever happens to those people. (laughs) Like, like I just don't care from episode to episode what happens to them, which is why I could never get into that show. Whereas like with great news and like with all the comedies I love, like you want to care about the people, but I think sometimes they, People misconstrue that to mean like there needs to be drama, and it's like no, there's other ways to care about a character than just being like, like they have some tragic backstory. I don't know. Does that make any sense?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely, and I'm, I'm, I'm older than you, so I think that was kind of the norm for sitcoms when I was when I was growing up.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, you know, in in terms of jokes, it's, you know, the the Types of comedy you can see now are so different, but, you know, Cheers was, was that kind of show for, you know, for, for decade. And that was kind of the prevalent type of TV comedy. Yeah. Where I'm going to care about these characters. There's going to be good jokes. Um, There'll be a little bit of continuity to bring you forward week to week, but not that much. Yeah. And, you just don't get that much of that these days yeah
1: I'm even thinking like like when I was in high school like the Thursday night NBC lineup which I talk about all the time was like community it would have been community parks and rock 30 rock in the office I guess and I feel oh, like yeah. those were yeah. the, like those were shows that had like jokes like <laughs> those were like the kind of comedies I like not like grew up on, because what I grew up on was more like Seinfeld and Friends, which same thing where it's like, it's very much a more recent thing where I think comedies always have. And I, honestly, I sort of blame Louie for it. <laughs> I mean, that is not the most egregious thing he did, but he definitely <laughs> started, like, he started like the like, no, my comedy's also gritty. And then he won what, like 40,000 Emmys. So it's like, I feel like it started a weird trend. I'm sure there's examples of it before Louis, but I always feel like that as like a a weird pivot in comedy shows, but I don't know, but but I think I love so much about great news and like Tracy Wigfield and and Tina, like I don't think Tina Fey would ever have a gritty comedy. Like I think that's one thing I'll always love about her is like she prioritizes jokes in her comedy shows, which shouldn't seem like a wild thing, but um, in the current TV landscape, I think that's like a special thing (laughs) to prioritize jokes
0: i mean she just it did not get renewed uh mr mayor the show she did with ted danson as the mayor of la that's a bummer that was that show was super fun it was a a good joke heavy uh maybe a little harder to care about the characters i think they were working on that but yeah they they kind of had too many la asshole types that they wanted to parody so they it maybe took them a little too long on that and uh Bobby Moynihan's character seemed like a parody of me. <laughs> uh, particularly with, with the way they had him mention Batman in every episode.
1: That's just a parody of Bobby Moynihan, though, too. He's such a, he loves Batman. Um, did yeah. you ever watch his, show, his CBS show that got canceled mid-season? Um, I think it was called, oh, what was it called? Where It was like him in present day, him as a kid, and then him oh. in the future.
0: Yeah, the one with John Larroquette as the future version.
1: Yeah, I loved that show. I that thought it was, was good. And it got canceled mid-season, so I never like they never even aired the the final episodes of the first season. And I've been mad about it for like three years because <laughs> I I love Bobby Moynihan so so much. I adored him, and all I want for him is to be like, you know, like on an ensemble sitcom like that. And he, he was on Mr. Mayor, but it's like. Why do these shows keep getting canceled? I just want him on TV. <laughs> it's
0: very annoying. You know, that's a a lead-in. Well, first off, now I think at some point we we do have to, if that show is still available, that'll be your return visit. Is the Bobby Moynihan sitcom that we can't remember the name of?
1: I want to say Me, Myself, and I, but I don't yeah. know. Is that what it was?
0: I think that's it.
1: Okay, we were we were able to pull it.
0: Well, you you did all the all the heavy lifting. I just agreed when you said the right thing.
1: <laughs> I am double checking to make sure that was right though. But I don't even remember when it was airing. It was like that weird pre-pandemic, you know, those years of our lives were.
0: Yeah, with the way time kind of flattened out and Yeah. <laughs> um but uh you you kind of let us into into both wrap up segments that that uh I have. Mm-hmm. Uh first off is do you recommend people
1: watch great news? Oh, 100%. I've spent most of the last like four years of my life pitching this show <laughs> for people to watch. <laughs> Cause I'm like, it was canceled, but it's the funniest thing you'll ever watch. Um, I absolutely, I'd recommend it. Like, and I think, yeah, most of it's aged pretty well. Like, I don't think anything too wild's happened in the, the last four years I would make, aside from the Horatio sands of it all, but like, it's still pretty, it's still extremely funny. Like it's just, I would 100% recommend it, absolutely, yeah.
0: Yep. Had a blast watching it again. Yeah. Um, and the other, which we've sort of alluded to, now this isn't that old a show, so it, this may not work as well as it does when I talk about older shows. If this comes out today, uh, obviously maybe not with Horatio Sands in the cast, but this is a, a magical world where we don't have to worry Let's about
1: that. Let's it with Bobby Moynihan, honestly.
0: <laughs> oh, you're like you're, you've created Sims a classic art. now yeah okay so As in our in that part of the multiverse
1: yeah okay that's in our head that's who's playing justin now okay
0: um, man okay we have to rethink some things if this comes out today do you think it it's more successful than it was but that was only five years ago so
1: part of me wonders if this is one of those shows that would have done better on streaming than as a network comedy. It it's like, like
0: a Peacock show.
1: Yeah. Like I do want, but although I don't know how successful Peacock shows are. It feels like a lot of them are being canceled too, but like, I do feel like it would maybe do better in that space. Cause I don't think the kind of people that love these shows still watch a lot of network TV, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. And I, I
0: think everything's going to shorter seasons now. And I think that's hurting network shows more because network shows rely on casual viewers. Yeah. It's hard for a casual viewer to remember something from 39 weeks ago when you do a short season. Like that's not going to be top of mind. Uh, Streaming TV is, is, is catering more to the people who love that show and want to see it. But it also seems like a lot of those comedies have about a two year ceiling on them. Uh, yeah. You know, the, what develop, I was thinking. Reboot went two years. Uh, Rutherford falls.
1: Yeah. Just got canceled after two. Like that's the thing where I'm like, I really don't know if these kind of shows last more than two seasons anywhere, which is very depressing to me. Um, because a lot of yeah, I don't know. I I would hope that it would do better, yeah, like on streaming somewhere. That's that's yeah. my in the multiverse that it it got on streaming. It found its audience and got to be like five
0: seasons. That okay, that's the that's the world in the multiverse we're shooting for. Um. Uh. Trying to make a Doctor Strange joke and I blanked. <laughs>
1: it probably would have gone <laughs> over my head.
0: <laughs> well, here's, you know what? Here is the problem with me try with with me focusing on the wrong thing is uh uh Spider-Man's played by a different guy throughout the multiverse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas Doctor Strange every place he goes is Benedict Cumberbatch. So I sort of ruined it. It would have been better to use Spider-Man because I could reference a different Spider-Man. <laughs> I did a bad job.
1: I forgive you. <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going to cut this out. Uh <laughs> we you know what we're gonna we'll we'll wrap up with some some promotion first of our sponsor and then of you uh as a as a content provider i don't know <laughs>
1: sure
0: uh but obviously this episode like all episodes is brought to you by TeaseBySummer.com. uh we're both teased by summer customers it's true yeah it, it's, it's great right
1: yeah I have the what shirt do I have It's a Tim Robinson one Emmy winner Tim Robinson, yes, yeah, <laughs> and I love it. I wear it all the time.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great, yeah you know what I will tell you this too. the the mugs very good mugs,
1: really I love mugs i should I should pick up a mug from her then
0: yes i you know what here this is something I was going to do for all of my guests, and I've so far done it for one guest. <laughs> But uh, OK, let me tell you what I what I'm going to do. And you can take advantage of this if you choose. Okay. But I don't think I'm going to keep doing it because I think it may be misinterpreted. OK, uh, I was going to send all of my guests a an item of their choice from Teas by Summer. Oh, my goodness. So the only issue with that is at some point I'm going to start having guests who I don't know all that well. I mean, we, we we've known each other online for for since the comedy bang bang tv show
1: oh yeah for it's been years now isn't that crazy
0: yeah and probably probably 10 years i mean i'm pretty close yeah i've known you so long you're the reason i know Tease by summer
1: <laughs> and i'll take so, credit for that as long as you guys keep giving me credit for it
0: <laughs> so this is so th- it's okay with you but at some point i will have guests i have not known for 10 years and then for me to be like All right. That was great. I want to do something for you. Give me your address and your size. (laughs) (laughs) That's not good. I can't say that to somebody I don't know. Where do you live? (laughs) I think people will take it in the
1: way you intend it, which is an act of kindness.
0: (laughs) I I hope so. But uh, Yes, if you d if you just DM me with the item you want and where to send it, you will get I will get you a tease by summer mug or shirt of your choice.
1: Oh, that's so nice! I'm so excited! Thank you so much.
0: What a Yeah, the mugs are. You know what? I'll tell you this: since you're you're maybe getting a mug printed on both sides, they work for right-handed people or left-handed people.
1: That's better than um, what is that? The place where like flagrant ones in Hollywood handbooks sell their stuff oh, now is yeah, they only print it on the one and it's very awkward. So yep. yeah. And let Sounds me tell
0: you something about tea public shirts. You, you don't want to wash them. No, you do not. They will the Doughboys have famously terrible T public merchandise <laughs> that uh and I will tell you my Doughboys t shirt is virtually non existent right now.
1: Yeah, it's rough.
0: <laughs> but uh uh Teas by Summer uses Etsy, much higher quality, stands up to a wash. Uh it's great. She's great. We we think the world of her and her products. It's true. Both of us.
1: Double endorsement.
0: Yeah. All right. And then uh yeah, so definitely buy something. It would be very nice of you. And then you can tell us you did it and we will say something nice about you on Twitter.
1: Yeah. I I will absolutely do that. I will <laughs> I'm very good at saying nice things, so <laughs> and I'll think of a really nice compliment.
0: Right. And now I know you can't tell me whether you're going to be on She-Hulk before the end of the season.
1: I've signed so many
0: NDAs. <laughs> but do you have anything you want to promote to uh, uh, to the, the crew?
1: I do a radio show at my community radio station, but it is available online. It's not a lot of chatting. I mostly just play music, um, but you can listen to it at cjtr.ca. My show is called Dodecahedron. And I think eventually I will be starting a podcast with my friend Justin. Um, but that is still in the works. And EJ will have to have you on it. I'll, I'll oh, tell man, you- I'm excited. Off off, <laughs> off mic, because it's also not concrete yet, because we're both very like, well, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do this. We just need to commit. But um, we'll definitely have you on as a guest.
0: Oh, man, I will 100% subscribe the day that comes out. I'm excited. <laughs>
1: yeah i'm excited too it's been t- we've been talking about it for like almost a year and i'm like we just gotta commit <laughs> but yeah so when i know when that's information i will definitely tell you about it and uh, we will have you on
0: all right and i will promote it on episodes you aren't on oh
1: <laughs> that's very nice i appreciate
0: that <laughs> you you could be a sponsor for an episode
1: oh my goodness i would
0: love that um Oh, and you know what? This probably should have been earlier, but I keep forgetting to ask all the guests this. Do you? Is there a show you recommend people watch right now?
1: Oh, there is a show, actually, that I just started watching. There's only a couple episodes out, and I meant to talk to you about it. We'll do offline, because... I already make your episodes go so long. It's called The Patient Oh yeah. by the people who did The Americans, and it's Donald Gleason who I adore, and Steve Carell. And it's only two episodes, and it's like a limited series, but it's very interesting. Very curious to see where it'll go.
0: Yeah, that I have not watched it yet. It was on my radar, and I was going to remind you of it because of The Americans Connection, but you are ahead of me. So.
1: I'm on top of it. The episodes are super short. They're like 20 minutes, like 23 right. minutes.
0: But um, yeah, there's
1: only two, but it's so far, I'm very intrigued by it.
0: Okay, that's on Hulu in America.
1: It's on Disney uh, Canada.
0: <laughs> and uh, uh, great news is on Netflix in both the US and Canada. Yep. So you have no excuse not to watch all this. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you so much for being a guest. You can come back anytime. Um yep. And in fact, this is me officially inviting you to come back at the end of the year for to once again, be my guest for the best TV of the year special.
1: Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait for that. I would I can't wait. Yeah, I would love to come back.
0: <laughs> I love talking. I mean, about it. <laughs> we'll talk about severance for an hour minimum. So
1: oh, for sure. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. We can't even mention it right now because I'm going to start talking about it.
0: <laughs> yep, can't, it can't happen. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll save it for December. Uh, okay. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Haley is a delight. Check out her radio show when her podcast happens. I'll make sure you know about it. Uh, thank you. I will, next week will probably be a mini episode and I'll tell you what show to watch for next week. Uh, thanks and goodbye.